Grace. I'm Shruti. And I'm Sarah. And we are the book hosts. In today's episode, we are going to talk about our group read of the month, which is Meddling Kids by Edgar Contero. I picked this one. Um, no surprise there. You will find out once we get into the episode. But yeah, it'll be fun. We'll discuss that. Um, we'll get into spoilers towards the end of our discussion. So at a certain point, you will have to stop listening if you don't want spoiled spoilers for the book. But we will put that in the episode description. But before we get into all that, what have we been reading this week? Sarah, you go first. Sure. So I pretty much just read Meddling Kids this week. Um, things got kind of busy with my job and other things, so I didn't have that much time to read. But I was able to finish Meddling Kids, so I was pretty happy with that. And um, I read probably only, I, I read like probably like 50 more pages of Home Before Dark by Riley Sager, which I talked about in previous weeks. Um, I wanted to read it. I wanted to finish it by the end of October, but that's probably not going to happen, but it's fine. It's still really good. I'm enjoying it and um, I'm going to finish it soon. Nice. Shruti, what have you been reading this week? Um, so um, it is almost the end of the quarter, so I have not had much time. I've been grading a lot, but since the last time we recorded, um, I believe I was talking about Starbright by Stacey Hart. So I had finished that. Um, it was okay. I mean, I really loved the characters, but something about the plot, because remember, this was the one where it was about the bright young things, like the modern day one, and they were having these like special secret parties and all of that. And I don't know, something with just didn't sit right with me, which I've noticed is a trend with Stacey Hart, where her characters are awesome and her writing is gorgeous. But something about the plot just never fully sits right. And I don't know what it is. So anyway, so that was a good one. It, it's interesting, especially if you like that concept of the bright young things. Um, other than that, I actually read like a couple of random books that are not on Goodreads just because I was like, I needed something to read that was mindless and not good. So I'd read some of those. But really, like since the last time we recorded, well, since the last time we recorded before 24 hours ago, I had read nothing. But then 24 hours ago, I finished <laughs> Kids and I'm halfway through um, Crazy Stupid Bromance, which is the third book in the Bromance Book Club series by Alyssa K. Adams. Um, I'm loving it. It's a friends to lovers romance. Um, there's a crazy cat, you know, it's a good time. So it took me like, you know, 24 hours, but I've finished a whole horror book and then now read like 75% of a romance book. There we go. I'm very proud. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. I guess I'll go now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I finished Home Before Dark. I will not spoil anything for Thank Sarah you. because she has not finished it, but I will say that the ending, like, I was like, oh, it had me going. It did. It had me guessing the whole book. I was just going to say, I'm really excited to read it and or finish it, especially because Riley Sager is like a really popular author in like among thriller books. And um, and I hadn't read one of their books before. So I haven't I'm either. very interested. Yeah. So it's cool. I'm, I'm excited to get to the end. Grace texted me when she finished it and she's like, oh, my God. So I, I think it'll be good. Yeah, we'll discuss. There yes. was a part where I was like, oh, I think I know what's going to happen here. But anytime I like have that kind of revelation and I tell, like I have this friend who will watch movies together and I'll be like, oh, I figured it out when that happened. And she's like, yes, Grace, everyone figured it out when that happened. That's <laughs> the point. So I think it was one of those and I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I finished that. Also in Keeping Up With Spooky Season, I read or I listened to The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson on audiobook, which is a famous classic horror novel, and it was published in the 1950s, so I was kind of like, I'm not going to like it. But 
I did. It was actually, it wasn't that scary. It was more of a psychological horror book, which is, can be scary, but this one wasn't. But it was, I liked the writing style and I was vibing. It had the vibes that I was looking for. So, and it was only like eight hours, the audiobook. So, you know, good times all around. I gave it four stars on Goodreads. So I read that. And then I finally finished The Son of Neptune by Rick Riordan. And I enjoyed the ending more than I did the rest of the book. Percy got his memories back. Thank fucking God. Um, uh, what's his name? <laughs> uh, Frank? No, no, no. Frank's cool, but what? Who? Jason? No, Percy's brother. Oh, Tyson. Tyson! Tyson came back with, oh my God, she's my favorite character. The dog? What's the dog's name? <laughs> Mrs. O'Leary. Mrs. O'Leary was there too. Obviously my favorite character <laughs> in the series. Definitely the best one. So that was fun. So by the end, I was like, you know what? This was a good book. I'm sorry, Rick Ryan, and I doubted you. And so then I started, um, <laughs> I think I'm having a stroke. I started Mark of Athena and what a fun time I am having. Like at the beginning, like tensions were high. I was like, are these people going to get along? I don't know, but they are starting to get along. There is a squad, which was off-putting at first. So far, the only, we've only had three point of views per book so far. This one, there's seven characters. Um, we haven't gotten everyone's point of view, but we've gotten like five-ish, which is a lot. So it's a big, a big adjustment, but I'm going through it. And like, what a fun time I'm having. Again, there's a squad, which is great. And furthermore, at first I was excited because they went to Atlanta, which I've been to before, and they went to the Georgia Aquarium. And I was like, oh my God, I've been there. This is a great time. So I was like- I've oh, also been there. It's a, it's a fun place. It I is. went there when I was very young, but yeah. And I was like, this is a fun time, you know, just a small little gift they've given me. But then it got better because then they went to Charleston, which I've also been to. And I was like, this is crazy. I've been to these places and I, I'm just thriving. Um, there's also ghosts. Another Ooh. point for this book. Mm-hmm. Percy and Annabeth are having good scenes together. Another great point for this book. Leo's back, you know, what's not to love? I know. I know it ends. I don't know how it ends, but I know something happens at the end. <laughs> so I know that I'm going to probably regret all of this and I'm going to hate my life. But right now, well, I'm- I was just going to say, I think Mark and Athena might have been my favorite book. The ending is super rough, but you can just jump right into the next one. It won't be rough like it was for us um, originals who read it when the series came out and we had to wait. I'm just kidding. No, but really, it'll be fine if you, if you could just, it's definitely rough, but you could just jump right into the next I one. I did so it'll be okay. the next one on hold today. I was kind of stressed because my, you need to make sure you have the next one. So we're good. Okay, good. Then you'll be fine. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Yeah, that's it. I read more than Shirty, so, you know, go me. Wow. You did. Congratulations. Thank you. Don't worry, I'll catch up, I think, once the quarter is over and I have time again, because I have a ton of books to read, including some from the Goodreads Choice Rewards that I need to catch up on. Yeah, those are out, by the way. I'm sure we all know. Yes. We'll talk about it next week, though. We're yeah. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. But the Goodreads Choice Awards is not the only thing you should vote That's in. what you just said, so we're going to use go. that, Sarah. Thank you. What? Yes. <laughs> Here, I'll, but I'll piggyback off of you. Do it. Piggyback. Yes, um, there's an election. You may not have known. We have it in our ads, but you know, I skip ads when I listen to podcasts, so maybe you don't know. But there is an election on November 3rd, and you should vote if you haven't already. Yes, and if, well, at this point, you should have already sent in your ballot if it's an absentee ballot. 
So I hope you're going to vote in person at this point. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I voted Sorry. in person. I had to wait two hours. I dropped off my ballot. So I didn't want to send it in the mail. I also dropped off my ballot because I also didn't want to send it in the mail. Um, and get there early because the lines might be long. Yeah. And parking is a bitch. Mm -hmm. Yep. Everyone's voting this year, so you better vote too. Yeah. It's the cool thing. Cool people do it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of voting, and now a word from our sponsor. <laughs> and we're back. Here we go. Here we go. So, Meddling Kids by Edgar Contero was our group read for the month. Um, I picked this one. I picked it because it felt like a good spooky season book to read. And I picked it because I love it and I'm obsessed with it. And I also picked it because I wanted more people to goddamn read it. <laughs> and they did. Thank you for doing this for me. Um, so I guess I'll summarize it. It is a book. Um, so it's like very much a Scooby-Doo-esque book. It's about these five kids who met at summer camp and became a detective agency in the town they lived in, which was Blighton Hills. So every summer they would like solve some sort of caper and they also had a dog. Wait, four kids. I was gonna, I was I was gonna say that. I was gonna... a dog is the fifth kid. So you were on such a roll, I didn't wanna interrupt you. Yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> um, so there is Peter, who is the Fred. There is Carrie, who is like a mixture of Daphne and Velma. And there's Nate, who is the Shaggy. There is Andy, which is short for Andrea. And when I first read this book, I was like, I guess she's Velma? I don't know. But I was looking at Edgar Contero's Twitter the other day, and he says that Andy is George slash Georgina from Enid Blyton's Famous Five. I don't know what that is. Neither do I. Mm -mm, me neither. It's a picture. There's a picture here of four kids. They look like they're from the 80s. And a nice little border collie. So another Scooby-Doo flavored thing, probably. The book also takes from like Nancy Drew and the Hardy mm -hmm. Boys as well. It's not just Scooby-Doo, but Scooby-Doo is the main thing it takes from. So these kids and their dog um, are solving mysteries. And then they solve this one mystery where things are escalating and things are creepier than they expected. And then they just never talk again, sort of. They never meet in person again for a while. And then they're like, you know what? I don't think that that was just a guy in a mask. Um, I think there's some dark shit going on. So as adults, they meet back to go to the town, except for um, Peter dies, but he's not really gone because Nate has visions of him. And yeah, that's, that's the gist. Yeah. Anything else to add? No, you pretty much got it. Yeah, you got it. Cool. So I guess this is our non-spoilery um, section of our discussion. So if you, oh, but first, you know what? I'm going to sell you on why you should read this book <laughs> if you haven't yet. Here we go. Number one, Scooby-Doo, lesbians. Number three, dog. Number four, produced by Bloomhouse, which is for people who don't watch horror movies, good shit horror movies. Usually sometimes they're bad, but I ignore that. Um, that's, that's all I got. You should read it though. It's a good list. I appreciate your list. Oh, so what were y'all's overall thoughts on the book? Um, I'll start. Um, so this was kind of surprising to me and will be probably su be surprising to you guys as well. Um, I didn't really vibe with this book very much. Um, I didn't particularly, I didn't hate it. Um, I just didn't really like it that much. And I think um, it wasn't bad. I had fun, uh, mostly. 
sometimes. Um, I just didn't like the writing, to be honest. Like, I really liked the concept. It was so cool. And there were during certain parts, I was like, okay, this is really cool. I liked the plot. Um, I just didn't like the writing or the characters too much. Um, I can get more into that. It was just, I don't know, like something about the writing. It was just like, I couldn't connect with it very well. So that definitely like steered me away from it a little bit because he wrote using a lot of unnecessary personification, yeah. like everything like got up and did something. And it just took me out of the story very much. Like it wasn't bad. I just, I would like reread the same line like five times trying to figure out like what he meant. And like, this might be a case of just like, I'm just stupid, but like, I don't know. Um, I didn't hate it though. I, like I said, I liked the plot. It was really interesting. I was never um, bored while I was reading it. I really liked the concept of like, um, even if they weren't exactly the Scooby gang, but like, a, you know, the, 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 when they were friends and they were teenagers and they solved mysteries and they came back together and just like the different dynamics. I just didn't particularly vibe with it, but I understand why Grace loves it. And I understand why a lot of other people loved it too. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to be in the middle mm -hmm. um, where I enjoyed it. I don't think I loved it as much as Grace probably was hoping, but I did like it. Um, I am opposite in that I actually really enjoyed the characters and I thought they were really awesome. And like, I enjoyed all the Scooby-Doo references and that kind of stuff. Um, and overall, the plot was fine, but I wasn't as into the plot as I was into the characters. Um, I do have some issues with some character plot things, but that's more spoilery stuff towards the end. So I'll wait to get into that. But I think overall, I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Um, I read pretty much, so it has five parts in this book. I read half of part two and then finished the rest of the book all in like the span of like four hours last night. So for one thing, it was dark. So that like, you know, spooky stuff. But honestly, I wasn't that scared. And I do think it was because something so in talking about the writing is I did really like the writing style. I didn't mind it. I kind of liked the idea because he switches a lot from like normal prose to like start like dialogue script writing at times and stuff like that. And I thought that was really interesting. But then there were definitely like paragraphs of action that I just kind of skimmed over. And usually those action scenes are like the more spooky scenes as well. So I tended to skim over some of those. And of course, my one so part of that might be because I was, in fact, speed reading. But like maybe that was so part of it. I didn't feel like it was as spooky as maybe intended. But I did like the mystery aspects of it. I did like how things came together. Um, I don't want to get into spoilers on this, but like I liked some of the interplay between stuff that I'll wait to talk about. Um, but yeah, so like overall, they felt like there was something missing. I did, however, like the vagueness of the end, but we'll talk more about that later. So yeah, that's kind of where, where I'm at. I don't think it was supposed to be like super scary of a book. Mm -hmm. Like it's mm -hmm. a horror novel, but I don't know. Like Stranger Things isn't scary to me. Mm. I feel like it has a similar kind of vibe. Not a vibe, but like content. Mm -hmm. Like it's yeah. a monster. I'm yeah. not scared of monsters. Yeah. Like they're, they're not going to come into mm -hmm. my house. A ghost? A ghost could come into my house, but a monster isn't going to bother with me. So I'm not scared of them. I had a comment, but it's a spoilery comment. So I'll, I'll, pay, I'll, I'll wait to make that comment. Okay. Yeah, it has to do with ghosts in this book. <laughs> I won't say anything specific, but the ending was definitely like my favorite part of the book. So I was just like, whoa, wait a minute. What? Yeah. <laughs> I have many thoughts about the ending. But yeah. Anyway, we'll get yeah. there. Mm -hmm. um, so... Yes, the writing style is something we should talk about because it is very different from any book I've read mm -hmm. 
probably any book y'all have read too. It's Sarah's right. He does use personification a lot of like inanimate objects. Specifically, Carrie. Carrie is the Daphne, so she has the red <laughs> hair. Carrie's yes. hair. We will talk about this later in the episode. Um, sh- lots of interesting descriptions for that girl's hair. And then, like Shruti said, he does switch up between like prose and then like a script, like a movie style mm-hmm. script. And when I first read the book, I was like, I don't know how to feel about this. Obviously, it didn't deter my like for the book because I love the book. But when I was reading it this time, I still think that the Carrie's hair stuff was weird. But I was like, you know what? The movie style script I really vibe with because when I read a book, I will like get like if there's a scene where characters are talking, I will skip the parts that aren't in quotation marks like automatically and Mm. I'll have to go back and look. Mm -hmm. So with this, when it did the movie script thing, I didn't have to skip anything because there wasn't anything. And I also feel like it's a very cinematic sort of book. Like it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I would like some of that stuff. I was like, I can see this perfectly in my mind. And And I think what helps with that also is that it's not told from any like one perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's also never limited either. It is very an omnipresent um, book. So like you're jumping from characters and their thoughts and what's going on. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like a movie where, you know, you could be telling the perspective of any um, character at any time. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think I, I do the same thing. Like if there's, especially if there's like a really high intensity scene in the book, I will just skip over anything that's not in quotations, like you said. So I was like, oh, cool. He just like slimmed it down for me. I don't have to skip anything. I can just <laughs> read exactly what's here and get exactly what I need out of this. Yeah. Yeah. So I did mind the, uh, the script, the switching into script. I thought, you know, it was kind of cool. It kind of worked for the book, especially because it draws from a lot of things that are very cinematic, like Scooby-Doo and, uh, you know, other things too. And like Trudy was saying, it added to like the, what word did you use? Um, Hang on, the dog's barking. And also I heard a noise. Hang on. What you looking at? Grace, don't get murdered. I think it was probably someone closing their car door. Probably. You are on theme for our Halloween episode. (laughs) Remember that time I was like, if I don't show up to our Zoom meeting, I'm dead. Yes. This is the same house. Oh, no. (laughs) no. But it could be worse because my cousin and her husband live in a haunted house. Grace. I heard that. What the heck? Don't die, Grace. gets murdered live on the podcast. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Maybe it was the other car door of the person showing. Maybe it was. Oh, no. Yeah, we were going to say, we have, like, a live horror film, right, on yeah, the podcast. Like, Grace gets murdered live on the podcast. Anyway, what were we talking about? Um, so the characters, I guess we can talk about them. What do y'all have to say? So I, I'll, I'll just be quick. My, I didn't really connect with any of the characters. Um, weirdly, I liked Peter, the, the not ghost, the, the vision. <gasps> He's my favorite. Um, yeah, he was fun. I don't know. I had the most fun with him. I liked the unexpected relationship between Andy and Carrie. That was cool. I wasn't like, I didn't like love any of the characters. Um, they, they were just like, okay to me. So, you know, I don't really have many thoughts. I just, uh, probably Peter the ghost. He was fun. I enjoyed the scenes with him. Yeah. So Peter was definitely my favorite. I have some thoughts on Peter, but they're a spoiler thoughts, so we'll get there. But he was definitely my favorite. 
Um, I love him. Um, yeah, so we don't know why, but I love my ghost boys, so Peter is what? my favorite. When did that become a thing? I don't know. Well, I don't really why. know. I don't well, know why. why I don't know when. I don't know either, but that's. I feel like that's why we said you would like a certain character in the Raven Correct. cycle. And I'm wondering, isn't that? Well, we I did say not- that. But, like, is this a trope enough for her to have a thing about it? I don't know. It's just become a thing where, okay, the guy must now be a ghost. I don't know. Anyway, point is, Peter is my favorite. I'm with you, though. I'm with you, though. Ghost I think it's, like, the, the sense best. of, like, they're, they're like- dead, so they, like, truly have no filter, and, like, they just don't mm-hmm. care. So they're, I don't know. There's, like, a sarcasm. I don't know. There's an edge. Anyway. Yeah. And they're usually, like, yeah. They're usually, like, a little bit sad, but not in, like, a sad right. way. It's just, they're just, like. They're sad, yeah. but they mask it with humor. Way, y'all should thing. watch. Like y'all should watch two things. Okay, yeah. one, Christmas Spirit, Spirit of Christmas. One of those. It's on Netflix. It is a Hallmark movie. The man is a ghost. Hmm. That's all you need to know. And then, all right. Yeah, and then Julian the Phantoms. You should watch that on Netflix. That is well. my on my list. So, perhaps. Um. Okay. So that was Peter. So he's my favorite. I really, really loved Carrie. Um, Carrie is definitely my type of female character and woman in general. Like, I love the smart ones that are tough, like, emotionally strong. Um, I appreciate those kinds of characters, so I really loved Carrie. Um, I had the red hair. We'll we'll talk about it, but I had some issues with the descriptions of her red hair. Um, I also – well, this is a spoiler, but I appreciated her romantic ending. Like, I obviously loved her. I really liked the relationship. Well – I have some weird feelings about the Carrie and Andy relationship, which again, we'll get into, but like, I enjoyed it. I I thought it was fun. Um, But the ending part, I have mixed feelings on. Um, Nate was awesome. I loved him. Um, I always loved the depressed, you know, guy who's having hallucinations. That's always a fun time. Um, Andy is the character I think that I am the most like, I don't know how I feel about. And I think she's the character that I'm like, I want to like her, but then I don't like her as much as I should, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, I feel I feel like Andy's supposed to be, like, kind of the main character in a way. Because yeah. I feel like the entire book, you start with her, and you kind of end with – you don't end with her, but, like, in a, I don't know. It feels like she's supposed to be the main character in a way because um, she becomes, like, the new leader. But I just never really truly vibe – I get vibed with – I don't know. It was just weird. I have weird feelings about Andy, and I think that's my – one of the biggest issues I had with this book. She comes off really strong in the beginning. So it is – I see what you mean. Yeah. And she just kept being like, I've been to jail. I'm so edgy. I was just like, okay. It yeah. felt like she never really had growth. I think mm-hmm. that's the other part. Yeah. And I think that was the thing with some of these characters. All of the characters really, in a way, none of them really grew. <laughs> like, they all had moments where they conquered their fear or whatever, but, like, they were already brave, right? Because they were doing that already when they were kids. So, I don't know. There's a way. Part of me is, like, they never truly grew. Like, Peter never grew. Nate never really... Nate, I guess, kind of grew, and I can make an argument for Nate. Hang on one second. Please don't die. Oh, my gosh. Y'all didn't hear anything, did you? No. No. But I was talking, so I don't know. It's probably a car. It was either, like, the thumping of car outside or something else. Keep going. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I just felt that none of them really ever grew, other than maybe Nate. And maybe Carrie, but like Andy specific more and most specifically Andy, I'm like, I don't really know if she ever changed as a character. So I don't know. Sorry, I'm still thinking about Grace's noise. I'm I so know. concerned. I'm so concerned too. I'm trying to concentrate. Um, okay, so Nate is my favorite. Uh I don't really know. I like the trope of 
the character is like, fuck this, and leaves, and then comes back. That's on Steve Harrington. Mm, yes. But yeah, he's my favorite. Um, Andy, I agree. She is like, she's very edgy. She's also like, you know, I can do anything a boy can do, which is like, yeah, we get it. And I mean, it is the 90s, so it was different. But this book wasn't written in the 90s. It was, pu- I mean, the setting, the setting is the right, 90s. Right, but the book itself wasn't published in the 90s. Yeah, I know, but, like, the characters have the 90s met mindset. They live in the 90s. Yeah, but I guess, okay, so I guess that comes down to a thing of, like, yes, you can be writing for something in a current setting and ha- having them have those viewpoints, but the way you talk about it in your book should reflect modern views, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, maybe so. And I guess that's, maybe that's the issue I had, is maybe. she was very 90s. Also, I had an issue with some of this stuff being about two women who are, you know, having a relationship being written by a guy, but that's... Yeah, I didn't have the first time around, but then now that I am more, I don't want to say woke. I think that word is bad now. I think that's problematic. But, you know, educated more. I was like, hmm. I think I would have have a big issue if it was like a romance book. Mm -hmm. But seeing as it's a horror book and that's only a small part of it and it's not really sexualized at all. Yeah, it didn't feel really, yeah, I agree. It didn't, like, I definitely had those thoughts and I was wary in the beginning, but it didn't feel too, like at least that I noticed, too, like, over-sexualized or anything. Right, same. Okay, mm-hmm. so we are just going to officially move ahead into the spoiler section, unless y'all have anything else to say that's not spoilers. No, all my thoughts nope. are spoilers. Okay, so if you have not read Meddling Kids, you need to stop listening to this episode, go read real quick, and then come back and listen to the rest of the episode. So here we go. Um, I feel like should we talk about, like, the plot twists first, or should we save that for later, if y'all want to talk about something else first? I mean, my thought is a plot twist, if that makes sense. Let's just go right into the plot twist. Let's, okay, can I, let's can I talk right about into- Peter? Yeah, I want to yes. talk about Peter. Talk about all right, let's talk twist. about Peter. Yeah, so, first of all, obviously, we've already established I love Peter, and I loved his relationship with Nate. I love, like, that whole, like, ghost, only you can see me situation, and how he would, like, make sarcastic comments. Okay, so we get to the end, right, and we get this major reveal that apparently you know the bad guy is peter and oh he's alive it's his body only to discover no it's actually not now here's the thing with my biggest issue with all of this i i love the idea of oh my god it's peter but i hate it because it got my hopes up for like a 0.5 seconds i hated that okay and like the because the moment obviously the moment like he's attacking them and you know when he's gonna stomp twice like you know it's about what's about to happen like you're they're gonna kill him except it's just gonna be his body and then of course later on we get the whole full reveal but i think the problem what i really had was is we never get an explanation for what happened to the ghost. Yeah. It just stops hallucinating, mm-hmm. and we don't ever get, like, a moment of, like, I'm letting you go now, or, oh, yes, you really were all in my head, versus, oh, you're actually a ghost hunt. Like, we never get that moment, and I kind of hate it, because, like, you both got, I, I, I'm really mad at Edgar, because he got my hopes up, right? Because you gave me Peter for, like, that 0.5 seconds, then he made him evil, which fine. Okay, I can live with it because he was a possessed body or whatever. Fine. But then we don't get naked, like, saying goodbye to, like, Peter's ghost. And we don't get that, like, moment of, I'm letting you go now. I don't need you to be haunting me or I don't need you any, like, whatever. So that, I think, really bothered me because, again, because this was another issue I had was, like, it felt like a lot of these characters didn't really get, some of them did not get, I feel like Peter did not get closure and I'm mad about it. And they also never really specify what Peter is. Like, if he's a ghost, right. if he's just a figment of Nate's imagination. Right. Because I like to think he was actually a... I, I, see, this is the thing. I can go either way. 
I think it was supposed to be a figment of Nate's imagination. Yeah, I think so too. And then the moment like he's letting Peter go because like they kill his body and like they figure out what happened to him and like why he committed suicide, they're able to like he's like able to let him go. I think that's what the intention was. But I like to believe that he was actually a ghost and was there because someone was possessing his body. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going with there, but like, whatever. I'm still mad about it. I was annoyed. That was the first thing I texted Grace and Sarah as soon as I finished the book. I was like, I'm mad at this ending because they just, the ghost just disappeared with no explanation. Yeah, yes. I hadn't, I, I know, I guess it didn't bother me the first time or I didn't mm-hmm. remember it because this time I was like, wait a second, where did he go? Right? Yeah. Isn't the last thing he says, well, this is awkward and then that's it? Yeah, because the last thing he says is this is awkward because he because we find out, okay, this is Peter who's standing there. Also, then that's resolved in, like, one chapter, and I'm like, this was a great plot twist, and you're resolving it too quickly for my taste. They had two more plot twists to give you, though. Yeah, but whatever. Those plot twists didn't hit as hard. Okay, okay the one at the very <laughs> end didn't hit as hard. Wait, which plot twist are you talking about? We'll get to that later. We'll get to that at the <laughs> Well, okay. Peter, yes. That one I remembered from reading mm-hmm. it the first time. Peter Twist. I did not remember the the Dane. What's her name? Donna. It, Dana. Is it I never Dania? know names. What well, the the the, the, do, the the bad woman, the villain of the the oh, villain. Yeah. It's like Dane. Shit. De, Mrs. De Bowen. Miss De Bowen. Mm-hmm. So the whole time they think it's Danian De Bowen, and I'm gonna be honest. I'm not. <laughs> I don't totally know what was going on. Um, but it's basically the person who owns this house has all these rumors about them, like they're immortal and da 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 And then they had a daughter who lives in the town and is ostracized from, she's an adult now and she's ostracized from the community and she's like really bitter. And they go to her at several points in the book to like ask for clues and they're like, about your house. And she's like, it's not my house. And you know, like gives this very much like not attached to the plot at all vibes. And it turns out she's the one, she brought them all back. She did all the shit that made them come back in the first place. She's running things. She took Peter's body. And she is the bad guy. I hate her. Yeah. I don't like her. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I think she's fun. I mean, she's and a fun villain, really, yes. The thing that I really think is fun about her is that when they were like, well, why are you doing this? And she was like, oh, I mean, why not? <laughs> yes. I, I enjoyed yes. that. I thought she was a really good villain. Um, like, I like to hate her. I yeah. was, I definitely didn't see it coming that she was actually, like, this is the thing. And this is one thing I wanted. So this is actually relevant, right? I kind of really liked how there was this mixture of like paranormal and like science, if that makes sense. Like there were scientific explanations. Oh, it's the carbon dioxide that's killing everyone. But then there was also this paranormal aspect of, oh, there's these monsters from the like living underground. And oh, there's this woman bringing people from the dead and like living forever. Right. So I really liked how like they mixed both of those elements together. And that's the part I really liked. It confuses me at times and it made me a little mad at times. But I liked, I kind of liked that. Yeah, and that's why I think the plot appealed to me the most, because I was like, oh, this is really cool, like, the concept of, like, the carbon dioxide Mm -hmm. breathing whatever creatures. I was like, oh, wait, that's actually a really cool possible explanation Mm -hmm. for this. And then also, like, even the supernatural stuff was kind of rooted in explanations. Yeah, yes. They refer to it in this, this science fiction author refers to it, and da-da-da, what if all Mm -hmm. that stuff was real? Which was also cool, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So the last plot twist, unless I'm missing one, is revealed on the last page. Oh, that plot twist. That was was a great plot twist, yes. I was like, this is fucking great. I have been born again in this book. I was so shook. 
I I will say, yes, that was a wonderful plot twist. I'm sorry I forgot about that plot twist five minutes ago, but that was a great plot twist. So the plot twist is, so I can't believe I didn't mention the dog's name. The dog is actually my favorite character. The dog is named Tim. He is a wee marauder, which are gray and they have ears. This is a podcast. People can't see what ears. Look it up on Google. Great dog, I'm sure. Um, So Carrie's family breeds this breed of dog. And so when they're kids, the dog is named Sean. Sean. I can't believe I didn't remember. They have a dog named Sean who's a wee marauder. And then Carrie goes off to college and, you know, Sean was old. He dies. And his, like, grandson is named Tim. And Carrie takes him and he lives with her and he's her dog. So Tim follows them on these adventures as adults when they reunite and they go back to the town and he has a little penguin and he is amazing and we <laughs> love him. And then at the end of the book, well, sort of towards the end, they do this um, ritual to send all the monsters back to where they came from and they needed to have five bodies, but they only had four. And so we were, they were like, let's just use the dog. And Nate was like, that won't work. And Carrie was like, sure it will. And then it does. <laughs> And then they don't mention it until the very last page when Nate is like, okay, I know that animals can't work in that ritual. Who are you? And it turns out that Tim is possessed and Tim was Sean. And this is a really old dog. (laughs) And that was such a cool way to reveal it too. He was like, all right, listen, I know this doesn't work with dogs. Like this shouldn't have worked. What the fuck is going on? Like Like, it was so cool. It's Carrie's dog. Uh Carrie's not even there. Mm-hmm. And I really loved the call. I, I always love when like you're teased a story at like the very beginning or like towards the beginning, and then you get that major payoff yeah. at the end because the who he's possessed by is the um, Native American who's mentioned like way in the beginning as being the one who first defeated the monsters, and it's like yeah, he's still alive. He's the dog, and, and I think he even gives the same line that our villain gives about like why he's still alive and like this, the immortality piece of it, which mm-hmm. I thought was cool too. Yeah. Um, Honestly, like maybe my favorite ending to a book, not ever, but it's in like probably my top five. It, it, it's a good, it's a good. It ending. was a really good ending. It was a good ending. Yeah. I think for me, I don't know. Well, we, we'll talk about this. I think I was, again, I read this very quickly and it was very late. So I think I was still stuck on being mad about Peter and being, having weird feelings about the Andy Carey stuff, like that last Andy Carey scene, which we can talk about in a second that when this happened, I was like, wait, what's happening? Oh my God, this is really cool. Okay, this was awesome. This is a great ending, but I'm still like weirded out about the Andy Carey and, uh, ending and mad about Peter. So like those things kind of overshadowed it for me, but I liked it. It was interesting. Well, what about the Andy Carey ending did you not enjoy? So, okay, I don't want to say I didn't enjoy it. It just left me feeling weird, if that makes sense. Because I liked their relationship throughout the book. I liked how nuanced it was. I liked how you know, Andy was clearly, like, in love with her, and Carrie was, like, wanted that intimacy, but wasn't necessarily, like, wasn't necessarily sure she was attracted to women, Um, and I liked that, like, play of, I enjoy our friendship, I enjoy my relationship with you, and I enjoy, I, like, want to hold hands with you, and I want to cuddle with you and stuff, but I don't necessarily know, like, if I am attracted to women, or if I want that, like, romantic relationship, um, or whatever her feelings were, whether it was sexual, romantic, whatever, and I appreciated that, like, nuance, like, how Carrie was like, I'm not sure what I want. I just know that I like you and I like holding hands with you and like cuddling with you. And Care and Andy was like, I'm okay with whatever you are willing to give me because I just enjoy spending time with you. And I was like, that's perfect. Whatever happens there is like a perfect relationship. 
And then it was that tiny line that Andy threw in there about like, until I just want you to beg or whatever. Um, that kind of like really soured me on some of it. Cause to me it was like all of that wonderful buildup and nuance was kind of ruined of this. Oh, but just wait, eventually it will turn into something different. And I don't know, that just kind of like ruined what I liked about their relationship a little bit. So that's why I'm kind of like, I don't know how, like I really, obviously she was joking, but I don't know. So like that kind of, that's, that's where I've been sitting. That's what I've been thinking about that. I've been marinating. I've been marinating on that. Yeah. To me. Okay. So for, for establishment, for people who are still listening and haven't read the book, first of all, you need to read the book. Second of all, um, so yeah, like Trudy said, Andy in Andy has been in love with Carrie since they were kids, and Carrie finds out in this book now that they're adults, and Carrie's like, well, I don't really know if I like women, and you know, now they're trying to figure things out. I interpreted that line as like just a joke to ease the right. tension. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Andy was like, oh, thing to ease the tension because it was a serious conversation and the author wanted to end it on a lighthearted tone mm-hmm. to show that like everything is happy. These people are happy now. Let's move over to find out the dog can talk. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. And I also think, listen, I think I, I, I acknowledge my biases. I acknowledge, okay, so we should talk about this. I acknowledge when I come in with biases more more specifically being, as a Scooby-Doo fan, I am very much in love, and as a live-action Scooby-Doo fan, with the Fred and Daphne relationship. And a lot of that is because of Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar. But, so going into this book, I knew, I like went into this, I was like, okay, we're going to get les- lesbians, I'm excited for it, let's try something different. Um, and I also appreciated the hints of like the Peter Carey stuff in the background, and I was like, oh, that's really cute. Obviously, that's like going nowhere because Peter is dead. And, you know, he, but he called her right before he committed suicide and she didn't pick up his call. And there's all of that, now, which never was, you know, fully. Again, there's things like this that were never fully resolved is like kind of what irritated me about this. Anyway, but the point was being, I don't know where I was going with this, but my point is so like going into that, I was like, okay, I want to love, I want to love this relationship between Carrie and Andy and I want to really like it. And I was liking it and I thought it was cute, but I never really had that moment of this is awesome and I'm absolutely in love with them. And again, that's not what this book is for, right? It is like, it's a horror novel. It's not a romance novel. And I, so I could appreciate that it was a side plot and that wasn't what the focus was. And so by the end, I was like, okay, I can, I like this. I like where they're at. I like their dynamic. And even though it was a joke, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Cause I do think it was actually a callback to something, something about the like, um, what was it? There was like a line about, um, pickup lines or something like that and it was comparing peter and or uh, peter and andy and i like i don't know i made have made of that up also i don't know where i, I was going with it talking about, but it's I fine it. but basically my point is is i really wanted to love them and i did like them but that and maybe i was just looking for something to not like about them i don't know maybe that's what it was maybe i will say mm-hmm. i'm also a scooby-doo fan as we know and i will also say that i i mean i'm not like I haven't seen all of the original episodes, but I've seen a good few. And I will say that Daphne and Fred were never a thing in the original mm-hmm. ones. That became a thing in the reboot thing, in the reboots, which are mm-hmm. great. The live action movies are my favorite movies of all time. Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar live in my head rent free. <laughs> but, um, you know, that it was just, I mean, that originated from them being like, oh, the lead man and the lead woman should get together. I think it's fine that a lead girl and the lead girl get together, which I know you're not saying is not fine. But I also really, so I enjoy that because it's not going against the originals in any way. 
And then I also, Velma and Daphne is the trend right now. I support that as well. Mm-hmm. And then I also really like the idea of like a female slash female friends to lovers relationship. I don't yes. like childhood friends to lovers. It's very cute. I liked how Andy was like Carrie's like I specifically liked the detail of Andy being like Carrie's room is like the sacred place because she kept yes. bringing up like nothing bad happens here. I was like, wow, that is such a good like little detail. Mm-hmm. Like it's so very like childhood lovers things. I really liked that. And then I really liked the part about um I think Carrie made a line about I'm glad you're, I'm glad like we never, I, I don't remember what it was, but basically I was glad that it was you because you wouldn't be allowed in my room if you were not a girl. And I like, like that bit about like, it's not really about like her gender. It was really just about she enjoys care, uh, Andy as a person. Like I really enjoyed that kind of stuff. That, that made me happy. Which brings me to my next point. Um, I think, obviously Andy is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. I think that Carrie is asexual. Here's why. Mm. I don't think I had this thought when I first read it, but as I was reading it and I was like, you know what? I'm feeling this way. And I think the fact that she mentions that, like, she never had a romantic interest in Peter Mm -hmm. really, like, sells it for me. And then also that she doesn't, like, know if she feels sexually attracted. I always called her Velma. (laughs) That she doesn't feel sexually attracted to Andy, but she does, like, like, she feels intimate with her. Mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, I can see I definitely got that same vibe of something of, like, between Pan and Ace and something like yeah. in that realm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I can I think definitely it was, agree with that. Because I do think like there was a moment where she was like, I, she didn't know if she, because she, she said like she didn't feel anything romantic for Peter, but also like, you know, they were really young. So she was never really sure like what, like what the deal was there. But she definitely got a thing of she's, she feels love. Like you don't not feel love for someone and want that intimacy, but we don't necessarily know if she like, you know, if she's like feel sexually attracted or not. So yeah, I was definitely getting like the pan ace-esque vibes from her. Do we want to get into the emails? Yes. We have, how many do we have? We have three. I did have one note to make before we read emails. Um, There was a line. (laughs) There was a line. Um, I think that they were like in the middle of the tunnels or whatever. A couple of raccoons had approached the tent in their absence and were keenly aware and we're keenly admiring the product of human craftsmanship when the detectives return. And all I wrote was, hey, look, it's Grace. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that I in I love there. that. Very good lines in this book. I mean, really, my, all my notes were, oh, my God, it's Peter and I love him. Or I love the lesbians. Or, hey, look, it's a raccoon. So there you go. Mine was all about the hair. And we'll get the to that with movies. these emails. Yes. We will yes. get to that. Okay. Oh, no, I exited out of everything. Okay, here we go. Oh, my God, y'all are in the corner in a little screen. Here we go. Okay, I'm reading the emails. Um, so our first email is from Tiff, friend of the pod and former guest star. And her email is, sub- the subject line is, if it wasn't for you meddling hoes and your darn pod. <laughs> <laughs> her email says, Stefan voice, this book has everything. Scooby-Doo references and illusions galore. Sapphics, a sexy, naughty little lake monster. Seriously, I had a really good time with this one. A great pick for the October read. I did have some issues with it, specifically pertaining to some transphobia that I didn't love, and to me, the tone slash voice of the novel didn't feel consistent. But that aside, it was a fun and easy to and easy to read, and just the right amount of funny and spooky. It was weird, but in a good way. On a re- less relevant slash more personal note, these group reads have been so much fun because it's like being back in school and getting assigned reading, and the emails are my shitty book reports. But the assigned <laughs> reading is interesting and good for once. 
can't wait for the next group read, hoes. TTFN Tiff. Oh, I was gonna say I don't know if I like being uh, compared to read having assigned reading and I know know, in school, but uh, Mm -hmm. we'll take it. I was like, I don't know if I like where this is going, but you know what? Thanks, Tiff. I do want to talk about the transphobia comment because that was actually a good point. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is a part. So part of the book, part of like the plot, is that there's like this ritual that some of these characters know so that they can like live forever, and so our villain started off as a witch in Salem and then pretended to be her son and so found like yeah became her son and then became his son and then became his daughter so like she's basically the villain switch, switches genders um to stay alive yeah and, and avoid suspicion and avoid suspicion and I thought that was like a really interesting and intriguing twist and I thought that was like really cool but then there is one bit about like there's some comments that are made that are kind of like yeah. icky. And then there is a part where Andy, like, goes to knee her and is like, oh, I thought you would have your original genitalia. And I'm like, ah, can we not do that? That was, yeah. that was one bit I did not like. I read this email before um, I had gotten to any of that part in the book. So I was kind of thinking about it, like, how everyone always asks. Everyone, people were making a lot of comments about Andy, not necessarily, mm-hmm. like, negative ones, mm-hmm. just, like, assuming she was a guy. And then when she meets up with Carrie again for the first time in a while, she's like, I kind of thought you would be a guy by now. That's what mm-hmm. I was going to say. Yes. And when I read that part, I was like, huh. And as I got a little bit further into the book, I was still kind of thinking about it. So I went and I read some Goodreads reviews, which I know you're not supposed to, but I didn't get spoiled. So it was fine. And other people kind of felt iffy about that part yeah. too. So I was like, okay, it's not just me like reading too much into it. Cause it was definitely like a weird, you yeah. know, and they, I think Nate said something about it too. Like, Oh, like you, I thought you were going to be a guy or something. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, like yeah, being a I, tomboy is not the same mm-hmm. as being trans. So. Yeah, right. I couldn't, right. I couldn't decide if it was like, yeah, you're right. But I also was like, maybe they were like, I don't know. It was the takes place in the 90s once again. And so I was like, maybe it's good that they are considering. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess, but some of the good reviewers pointed out that it could come off as he's saying that like, you know, um, being transgender is something you can grow out of you know what I mean yeah so that's mm. what some good reviewers point out and I was like that's yeah I mean it did, could definitely be read that way I don't know if he intended it to come off that way but it could definitely come off that yeah. way yeah it it was yeah I was like I don't know how to feel about mm-hmm. this I was like mm-hmm. it, it, it rubs me the wrong way I can't really yeah. specify on why but yeah mm-hmm Our next email is from Emily, who is also our friend and co-host of the podcast, A News Backwards, which you should listen to. She says, and for clarification, I'm pretty sure she didn't finish the book in time to email us, so she only emailed us about the part of the book that she has read, which is, Tim is the best. I would die for him. (laughs) Also, when he got his penguin toy, I got so hype. He is truly (laughs) the best. Thank you, Emily. Those I are mean, those are some wise words. words. Yeah, they are. Yeah, <laughs> it's an important I, message. I'm so excited that she that she read along, even if she didn't finish it. Yeah, and she sent an email. That's awesome. Thank I know. Love to see We're it. so proud. Mm-hmm. Okay, so our final email is from Remy, who is also our friend. So this is a long email, and also there's a game at the end. So here we go. This Ooh. is from Remy again, and the title of Oh my God, I didn't say Emily's title. Oh, Emily's title is just meddling kids review. Okay. Remy's title of her email is 
we were the meddling kids, which is a quote from the book. Mm -hmm. I, for one, have always been a meddling kid, and I have loved Scooby-Doo for as long as I can remember. Probably even longer than that, if I think hard enough. <laughs> oh, you think? No one can rival Grace's interest in Scooby-Doo. <laughs> there you'd be wrong. In a different email, this might be a challenge to test that unwavering dedication. But luckily for you, I write with peaceful intentions in mind. Thank you. I write so that we might share our love of one very brave, and because you cannot have bravery without a little fear, cowardly dog. When I first set eyes on M Edgar Cantero's Meddling Kids, I bubbled with excitement. Horror-themed Scooby-Doo? Lovecraftian-themed Scooby-Doo? Sure, it's been done before, but it never gets old. It will never get old. That said, this book isn't without its faults, but there's so much to love here. My complaints almost fall apart. This was my second time reading this book, and I think that made it a lot easier to digest. I knew what I was getting myself into regarding the experimental writing style, and so I wasn't as thrown off by it as I remember being the first time around. So some of the writing is still a little jarring, still confusing, but this is only Contero's second English novel, and there's a lot to be said about writing a, writing a book in a language that isn't your first. Oh, I didn't also, know that. Yes. I did not know that either. It's his, he has another book in English called The Supernatural Enhancements, which I need to read, but I have not. So English isn't his first language, is as far as I'm aware. That makes this way more impressive. Okay. It does. Yeah, definitely. It does. There's also a lot to be said about using the word periorgasmically in a sentence, <laughs> but I suppose we can just ignore that and move on. What did I love about this book? I love that this rendition of the Scooby Gang is fresh, completely different than what anyone would expect. They're almost nothing like their counterparts, and yet there's still a piece of them somewhere if you look close enough. The gang has been twisted into ghost-like versions of themselves by the childhood trauma of a more than haunted, more than haunted house, and they suffer for it. I love the Scooby-Doo references littered throughout the story. For example, like Zoinks River. This is me talking. Zoinks mm -hmm. River is one. That's all. I oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, oh, yeah, you I said it. it right away. I didn't know. Again, I was skimming, so I didn't read this. But I'm sure if I like had heard it, or I would have been like, oh yeah, but yeah. Um, I didn't know this, but she says the werewolf smuggling sheep was an actual episode of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Um, the Zoinks River Valley was probably my favorite reference just because it was mentioned often with the geography of the area. I appreciated the Lovecraftian references better on my second read, mostly because a lot of the board games I enjoy now are Lovecraftian themed, so I understood more of the lore than I did the first time I read this book. I loved how everything in the story comes together in the end, and while it's a little cheesy, it feels like the characters did earn their ending, the ending being stopping the apocalypse. I had totally forgotten half the plot, and even when I started to remember, primarily the twist with Dunia, Dunia is her name, um, was one of the only pieces of the bigger puzzle. Yeah, I forgot about that part too. Uh, I had completely forgotten about Peter and the twist. I remembered Peter, and, and I definitely forgot about what happens to the helicopter. That was a huge shock. I, I also forgot about that. I was like, shit, he died. I should have known this. Um, what I forgot, what I found the most remarkable was the fact that I remembered reaching a point about halfway in the book where I just couldn't put the book down the first time I read it. And you know what? The same thing happened to me on my second read in the same exact place. I have a lot of complaints about the first half of the book. Namely, it's a lot slower than it needs to be. But once I start part three, I can't help but lose myself into the story. And isn't that just what you want in a book? I know that by now, y'all have probably already mentioned this book's obsession with Carrie's hair, but I cannot send this email without acknowledging it or mentioning the fact that I tabbed every time Carrie's hair oh, was no. described in what I perceived to be a ridiculous manner. No! There are 21 <laughs> Carrie hair tabs in my book. 
I propose a game. In style of Shruti's Goodreads reviews, three of these hair quotes will be true, <laughs> but one will be an imposter. I have included the answers, answers as an attachment. Try not to cheat when you read this email. I have not read any of the, um, I have not read any of the game and I have not read the questions. But her parting words are, um, cont- hope you enjoyed that if you played. We haven't played yet. We will in a second. Contero is nothing if not creative for his descriptions of hair. In parting words, I was excited to hear this was a group read for October, and I was just as excited to enjoy you on, to join you on this adventure. May we meet in Scooby Bliss in the future. The best, Remy. I love that. Thank you so much for sending that in. That email made me so happy, and yeah. I love that you made a game. I know. Yes. I was like, I was like laughing out loud reading yeah. it. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Okay. Do we want to find out the answers each round? Actually, I'm going to spoil myself if we do that. We're going to find out all at the end. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Round one. Here are the four options. Number one, her hair too agitated to swing gracefully. Number two, Carrie's outraged hair hollered in shame. Number three, orange hair wrapping tight around her like a snake. Or number four, behind a curtain of curly orange stalactites. I think the I feel second like thick. The last one's definitely real. What was the second one? The second one is Carrie's outraged hair hollered in shame. That sounds like it could be right, though. I know. They all do. What was the first one again? Hang on. I'm going to write down all our answers so that, so that when we look at the answers, I'm not like, what did we say, though? Okay, Sarah, you said number two is fake? Yes. Um, sorry, Shruti, what did you what ask? What was the first one again? Her hair too agitated to swing gracefully. And what was the third one? Orange hair wrapping tight around her like a snake. All of these sound real. I feel I'm like the third three. I was going to say three, too. Okay, so we both say three. Sure. Round two. Her orange hair gazed up in awe at its commander. Number two, Carrie's hair bubbled up like soda. Number three, myriad tiny voices within Carrie's hair went, yeah, like a rage against the machine chorus. Number four, her hair had died. Okay, the first one's definitely real because I highlighted that one um, (laughs) because it was so stupid. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Rage Against the Machine one. I feel like I would have remembered if that was a line, but I also feel like she totally would have thrown that in there as if it was a real one, knowing that we would all guess that one. It sounds real, honestly, but, like, I'm going to have to guess it just because. Wait, sorry, you said three, Sarah? The Rage, whatever the Rage Against the Machine one is. Okay, that's three. Shirley, what are you saying? I don't know. What was the second one? The second one is Carrie's hair bubbled up like a soda. No, I think that one is real. What was the last one? Her hair had died. <laughs> I'm going to say that one. At this point, I'm voting for the ones that are the least out there. Mm. I'll do the second one. Be different. Okay. All right. Round three. Her curls swinging around and cheering, glear, cheering gleefully like kids on a carousel. Number two. Smothered in bright orange hair charging up, every strand of every curl in high definition. Number three, orange hair went wee. Oh, I should probably, hang on, (laughs) let me do that better. Number three, orange hair went wee along the way. Number four, 
Carrie's hair stood upright, demanding justice. I remember three. I remember three, yeah. Yeah, I remember three. I was going to go with two, I think. I think I was thinking two as well. I feel like I remember two as well. Really? Maybe. I'm going to say the first one. Okay, I'm going to say two. Sarah says two. I'm going to say two two also. Okay, Sarah and Trudy say two. Round four. Um, Number one, Carrie's hair was awake and eavesdropping. Number two, her hair was waiting impatiently for an answer. Number three, Carrie's hair stirred a once fearful civilization gazing up to the sky with hope. Number four, orange hair splashing around like a Hawaiian volcano. I think two Um, is... One I definitely think is real. One I remember, remember, yeah. What was two again? I'm going to go three. Okay, Sarah says three. Um, Hang on. Number two was her hair was waiting impatiently for an answer. Oh, that sounds real. And Sarah said three. Yeah. And four was what again? Orange hair splashing around like a Hawaiian volcano. That also sounds real. They all sound real. I'm going to go with four. Okay. I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to pick. I'm going to go with Sarah. I'm going to go with number three. I don't even remember what number three was, but that's okay. I'll read them all at the end. Okay. Again. Okay. Okay. We are now on the last round. Here we go. Number one, furious orange curls cursing the rock. Number two, hundreds of orange curls oohed and odd under the wool lining. Number three, Carrie's hair (laughs) proverbially shivered with anticipation. And number four, orange hair gathering strength. I think the fourth I'd, one's made up. Uh, yeah, These are all, I, I feel like they're all they're absolutely <laughs> they're all ridiculous, real. but they all I sound know. completely real. Yep. I'm going to go with four, though. Yeah, I'll go with four. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Um, I'm going to go with one. Okay. Okay. So, the moment of truth. Round one. Sarah said two, which was Carrie's outraged hair hollered in shame. And then me and Shruti said three, which was orange hair wrapping tight around her like a snake. And three was the fake one. Yay. Yay. So there's two, one point for both of us. Okay. Okay. Round two. Um, the correct, so Sarah said three, I said four, Shruti said two. The false one was two. Carrie's hair bubbled up like a soda. So yeah. Shruti has another point. Yeah. I also yeah. just read this book last night, so there is that. <laughs> That's true. Round three, I said one, and Sarah and Trudy said two, and none of us were right. Mm. It was four. Four is Carrie's hair stood up right, demanding justice. I was going to really sound it real. Yeah. It did. Yeah. I was going to vote for that one, and then I said, no, let me not. So that's on me. Round four, Sarah and I said three. Trudy said four. Once again, neither of us were right. The real fake one was number two. Her hair was waiting impatiently for an answer. Hmm. That, that one sounded, sounded so really real, real yeah. honestly. How did she do this so well? I don't know. I wonder how long it took. I know. The dedication. Okay. So the last round, Sarah and Trudy said four. I said one. And I got it right. Number one is the fake one, and it said furious orange curls cursing the rock. 
So that <laughs> means that Shruti has gotten two points. I have gotten two points. Sarah did not get any points. <laughs> Damn. But you know, we're all winners. Exactly. We, I, I tried my best. Remy outsmarted me. She did. <laughs> but that was fun. Thank that you. Was that fun. was fun. Thank you we for can, making that. Yeah. That was very friends. Fun. We will not pit each other against each other in our love for Scooby-Doo. It will unite us. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that was a great way to end this episode, I think. Yes. Um, if you have any ideas for games, you know, definitely send us an email and let us know. Um, if keep reading meddling kids if you want or rereading it and sharing it with all your friends and you can still use the hashtag book hose read yes yes it will be our last group read of the year but we will be back up with new ones next year in 2021 so get excited for that yay and um again vote tuesday is the election it is yes. please Let's vote please vote so let us know if you agreed with our discussion, if you have anything to add to the discussion, if you have any hot takes about meddling kids by adding us or messaging us on Twitter, which is at the book hose. Or you can send us a message or tag us in a post on Instagram, which is at book hose pod. And as always, leave a rating, write a review and subscribe to the podcast on any of your platforms, wherever you listen to us and then share the podcast with all of your friends. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Please go vote. Bye. Bye.